0: A new drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry.
1: Back. Afternoon drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, mylifesports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at tfry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber, to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to talk about Rocky Mountain Eurosport in Denver and in Parker. It is a great buying experience. I was down there, and I got to tell you, it's like a concierge service. They treat you so well down there. And if you want to get a luxury car, domestic car, a foreign car, just go to their website at armurosport.com. They have a lot of inventory right now. A lot of places don't. They do. uh, They have all makes and models for what you want, great finance options, and they service their cars as well, their trucks or their SUVs. So it really is one-stop shopping. Go find them in Denver or Parker. Time now for The Lead.
0: The Lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park.
1: All right, let's go out to the hotline. I want to bring in our Broncos insider, Cody Rourke. You can catch his stuff on MileHighSports.com. How are you, Cody?
0: I'm good, Eric. You know, the cloud cover today at practice was nice. I know you and I were chatting about that, but, uh, you know, the Broncos offense getting things rolling a little bit more crisper today than they did yesterday, and the defense continuing to shine. But we're just waiting for next week because that's when the pads start popping.
1: Well, I'll tell you right now, for as good as that offense looked today, they cannot avoid Justin Simmons because he seems to be all over the place.
0: Oh my goodness. So he had that one play in coverage downfield with Kareem Jackson against Jerry Judy. I mean, the ball placement that Russell Wilson had, it was it was probably about 35, 40 yards downfield. If Justin Simmons was even a half yard behind Judy, that might have been completed and he just came in, got, gets his hand on it. He's been fun to watch and, you know, his counterpart too on the other side and Patrick Sertan, that they're secondary. They might be a real problem for opposing teams this
2: upcoming season. Well, it was interesting to me that Nathaniel Hackett just jumped on it in the press conference. He was asked about it, but he jumped on it about Simmons' play on that breakup. That was awesome, he said. And then he, he talked about av- even remembering seeing him over the last three years and w- what, in his mind, is a great player.
0: Yeah, I mean, spot on there. You know, one thing with Justin, he's continued to grow year in and year out. We actually had a chance— to chat with him briefly after practice, and you know, I even asked him about the DB room and and really just going up against guys like Corlin Sutton, Tim Patrick, and Jerry Judy because they're going to have some tough tests this upcoming season. I mean, week one, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, that's going to be a challenge for the secondary, but they feel very confident the work that they're getting every day against uh, Judy, Patrick, and Sutton is making them better, and they believe that they're making those guys better as well. It kind of goes back to the 2015 mantra we saw in the Broncos weight room, iron sharpens iron. And, you know, they're really drawing the best out of each other and competing. But Justin had told me, he said, you know, the one guy every day when we go back in the film room after practice and we go through and we watch film, we always have to wonder, where's Jerry Judy lining up on the field? That's where we really have to key certain things on the offense. And I think we're going to see a little bit more going with Russ and Jerry Judy as the days continue here uh, for Broncos camp.
1: Well, it's funny you should mention that because I wanted to bring up Jerry Judy. I was watching him today in position drills. Uh, how do I put this? Because I don't want to make it sound bad. It felt at times like he was just going through the motions. To me, that's what it looked like. There was one, uh, one drill where Cortland Sutton, he had his back, I think, to the jugs machine or somebody throwing it. And he turned around and he caught it. And then he had Jerry Judy just kind of step in there and just put out his hand and said, basically, just throw me the ball. And I'm like, you know what? Watch what Cortland Sutton's doing. Watch what Tim Patrick is doing. These guys are not only terrific players, but they're leaders as well. And I know Judy caught that pass right off the hop for about 30 yards. But Judy strikes me as a guy, kind of like Garrett Bowles, who needs a pat on the back instead of a kick in the ass. And when I listen to Hackett today, praise Judy. And then we listened to Wilson yesterday praise judy i'm wondering if that's kind of intentional a little bit but i'll take it a step further i think that wilson looks at sutton as his dk metcalf i think Mm -hmm. that i think that with tim patrick he is absolutely a safety valve at worst but i know it's only two days and i get that but jerry judy feels like the third option out there
0: yeah, and, and that's one thing, too. I think that's a great storyline to try to follow throughout the rest of the camp, especially as things acclimate a little bit more, especially next week leading up to the first preseason game. You know, I think for Jerry, how often he's split. I mean, they're not just putting him inside. They're moving him to the outside as well. He's getting reps out there, and I, I think for Judy... There's definitely one thing to it. And certainly, as a player, you know, I think every player keeps in mind, you know, what media writes in newspapers, headlines, they see that. But I think for Judy, it's got to be a chip on his shoulder. you got to come out there every single day and practice, carry that with you, and just continue to work and improve. I've seen certain things with Jerry as well in terms of when he's running a route. Sometimes he's getting open so easily that he's looking to get upfield before he has the ball yep. in his hands. I think sometimes yep. that's where we see some of the drops come in. If he can piece it all together, he can be super special for this offense. But, you know, that also could be a strategy like you alluded to. Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson, praising him and, and giving him maybe a little bit of a push that he needs. Because I imagine they had different conversations inside the locker room away from the field where no one can read into it. But, but, I mean, the Broncos will be very successful this season if they can really get Jerry, Judy, and Russell Wilson clicking together. And if Judy and find a way to shake off a lot of the other stuff that's been bothering him throughout the first couple of years of his career, he could take off this year. And I think the Broncos are really hoping he can do that.
1: Here's the thing that I like about Patrick and Cortland Sutton. They have both fought through adversity in their careers. Yeah. Patrick going through college and then trying to get into the pros. He is as calloused and it is mentally tough as you can imagine. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Cortland yeah. Sutton coming off a <clears throat> coming off a torn ACL. And he looks really good right now. I just don't know where Jerry Judy has truly faced adversity in his career. He's always been the best guy, generally speaking, on the field. He kind of reminds me of an AAU basketball player <laughs> who's always the best guy on the floor and just stands in one spot on the floor, waits for the ball to come to him, and throws up a jump shot and usually gets it in AAU basketball. But once he gets to the pros, he's got to move his feet. He's got to do other things in order to get open. And if you're wondering who that scouting report is, I'm talking about Michael Porter Jr. But my point is, I don't know if Judy has faced enough adversity in his career to be mentally tough enough to say, you know what, I get open, but I got to stop looking upfield.
0: Yeah, and that's going to have to be something that Coach is on, and he continues to harp and, and work with those guys on Nathaniel Hackett offseason. They continue to acclimate things. You know, Eric, I don't know if you noticed this as well, but you know, for me, the first couple days, it doesn't seem like we've seen too much wide offense for the Broncos. They've really had some condensed formations where they've had the tight ends and the receivers closer to the tackle and the tight ends on the end man of the line of scrimmage. They've gone empty a few times. Part of me is wondering, is this just an installation process through the scrimmage you know, portion for the offense and the defense where they're really working on the short game, building everything out of the condensed formation and then being able to show wider looks as you get through the season? That could also be another thing in terms of utilization, but I definitely want to see that trend kind of continue. I want to see the improvement here from Jerry Judy going into day three tomorrow and obviously back to football Saturday when it's going to be pretty much a sold-out crowd at the UCL training center. So that'll be a fun thing to watch. Uh, but also another interesting note, too, Natan and Muti working in at right guard today when Quinn Miners did it on day one.
2: So,
1: right. Well, I was going to bring that up to you.
0: <laughs> that was that. something that stood out to me.
2: Uh huh. Well, I'm an offensive line junkie, and I noticed those. Because you're the, built th- like one. Tw- hey, shut up. The tweak? Shut up? Are we at that point of our relationship yes, you can tell can me say to say shut up. up? Yes, I
1: can. Wow, that hurts my feelings. Uh, Cody, sweet. see what I have to deal with every day? <laughs>
2: but uh, Nathaniel Hackett kind of shrugged off the question about the uh, tweaks in the offensive line, and he said that we're rotating people in, and he believes all that stuff about how you just have to, you, you're going to have to have multiple guys playing multiple positions and rotating through the year because of injuries and all that, and you need everybody you can have basically. So he really didn't address the question: Who do you think is going to be the starting offensive line on, on the off- starting offensive line on opening day?
0: Ooh, that's a great question. I think left tackle Garrett Bowles. Like I said, I'm going to stick with my guns on a bold prediction. I think left guard will be Billy Turner. I think center will be Cushenberry. And then at right guard, I think it'll be uh, Quinn Miners there, and then right tackle Calvin Anderson. That would be my projection there. Uh, But then again, it could change. But I do feel a lot more confident. Like Going into this upcoming season, I think that the Broncos have better line depth behind any potential starter than they did last year. That kind of gives me a little bit more comfort. But then again, It is early in the process. We haven't seen the pads come on yet. What is that going to look like next week when they actually have pads and they have to block guys like Draymond Jones, who just looks really good without pads, and D.J. Jones as well. It's going to be a a real test for the offensive line, but I'm excited to see that battle play out.
2: And on that, they also talked about, and uh, Garrett Bowles even addressed it, the idea of the outside zone blocking scheme. And uh, Nathaniel Hackett even brought up Alex Gibbs, who was the – who was the pioneer in that. And so I'm interested to see how that's implemented, how the rules are different now. Will they be able to really do do a hardcore outside zone blocking without being able to cut? Uh,
0: I I think so. And I think that's where the athleticism piece comes in because a lot of it will be stepping down one direction and then being able to move back the other direction, Mm -hmm. showing that, uh, kind of misdirection to get the linebackers to commit to one side. And that's where really the play action will come in. Hey, that's what we saw with Mike Shanahan's system. And as you mentioned with Alex Gibbs, what he was able to do with that line with Terrell Davis. I mean, it was their bread and butter. and it kind of revolutionized a little bit of the game. It was hard to stop.
1: It was and downhill. And
0: try to figure out what type of defense can you play against an offense like that that can run the ball effectively with athletic linemen and then all of a sudden beat you downfield off the play action with guys like Rod Smith, coming open free, I mean, that right there I think is something that the Broncos are trying to get back to and I remember Nathaniel Hackett said it in his introductory press conference, that's what he wants to kind of get back to, kind of getting back to the Rod Smith, Eddie, uh, Ed McCaffrey days with John Elway, he wants to do some of those things on the offensive side of the ball Um, I I think that they can I think you see a lot more athleticism now on the offensive line, maybe more so than you did back in the 1990s but also, defensive players are faster as well, and a a lot more athletic and and firm because you have a lot of guys playing in the nickel and the dime. So that also presents a challenge in itself when you do this type of offensive scheme. Uh, But if you can master it, it really works well. And I think the 49ers are a great example of how well they can get that going.
1: Uh, A couple quick things, and we got to cut you loose. Uh, Number one, uh, Garrett Glasgow, I think he's going to be a bubble guy to make the team. He's now backing up. Uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, and I understand when Nathaniel Hackett said we want to see guys with different looks. Well, we'll find out if that's true. If if uh, Glasgow, who played right tackle, excuse me, right guard the most of last season is starting in place of Miners and Mouti tomorrow. If he is not with the starting lineup, then at the end of the day, I think they look at Glasgow as a backup at guard and at center. But I'll tell you something. I don't want to say it's surprising, but it looks like Mike Purcell has been moved out of the starting lineup. Sean Williams, he is the guy in there taking Purcell's spot. And unfortunately, local kid, I think he's a bubble guy too.
0: Yeah, it'll be very interesting to figure out how that goes. I actually had a chance to talk with Mike Purcell a little bit today about that. And he said, you know, for for them on the defensive line, you know, there's a friendly trash talk going on with the offensive line. But he says, you know, we really can't we, – we have to figure out where we're at once we throw the pads on. He says, you know, right now a lot of it is touch and go. In a sense, you can't do too much and you know, obviously you don't want to hurt any of your you know, you know, your teammates when you're competing. He you said the pads you know, obviously offer a little bit of a safeguard there, but for him, specifically a nose tackle, DJ Jones has really stepped in. You know, number ninety seven, he's, he's been playing a little bit of that anchor there. Yeah. Deshaun Williams kinda of filling in that Shelby yep. Air spot yep. from last year, and then Draymond. And I tell you what, Draymond and DJ Jones, they look like legitimate anchors. Yep against the run and they can create the interior pressure which you know we've seen a little bit but how deceptive is it when you can't grab onto anything that to me I think is something to continue to follow all throughout the week but I agree with you I think that tomorrow and going into next week definitely looking at where Graham Glasgow plays a little bit uh, if he makes it if he gets any rotation with the first team I think will be a very interesting key to follow.
1: We have 30 seconds to go. Eric Salbert has has impressed. With with the way he catches, with the the way he is catching the ball. And at the end of the day, Russell Wilson is targeting him. Uh, We have 30 seconds left. Should Okawebenam and Dulcich be concerned that they will not be on the field as much because this guy is now showing he's certainly a terrific blocker, but now he's a pass option?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something to monitor, especially as Dulcich nurses the hamstring. We saw a lot of 13 personnel, three tight end sets, though, throughout the first couple of days of camp. Even if uh, Sauber becomes the first tight end option, I still think they will see plenty of Dulcich and Oak Wabunan because of the skill sets that they offer. I, I think it's one of those positions where it doesn't matter who starts. People are going to be on the field and they're going to get some run. And they're going to get a little more opportunity in comparison to a position like running back where it's going to be mainly split between two guys. Denver's going to use a heavy utilization of multiple guys this
1: year. Uh, Not to share stuff that uh, happens off-air, I will tell you personally, I'm looking forward to having you on the show tomorrow. Terry told me he is not. I'll see you tomorrow at training camp, my friend.
2: (laughs) Thanks a lot, Thanks, my friend.
1: Appreciate you guys. Cody uh, Cody Rourke, our Broncos insider. You can catch all of his articles on MileHighSports.com. You love the faux man dissent. I do. Coming up after the break, guess who was at Broncos training camp today? Former Nuggets president Tim Conley. And I had a chance to catch up with him and talk to him about his move to Minnesota. That's next. Where you gonna go when you-